Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. All you road to growth listeners today, I have uh, Sean Anderson. Uh, Sean is basically a motivational speaker. You've wrote seven books. Even before we got on the mic right now, <laughs> you're telling me how uh, uh, how I should I mean how real estate agents sometimes look and get deflated and things like that. And you're kind of talking me up, saying, "Hey, be stronger, be stronger." And you know, I just loved your kind of positive way of looking at things, uh, even in that short moment. So I can only imagine uh, how you are on a on a weekly, monthly, daily basis. So pleasure having you on here. Well, it's my privilege, Vinny. Thank you so much. And yeah, man, every realtor who's listening out there, like I shared with you, you got to have a tough spirit. You got to have a spirit that just knows how to keep getting yourself every single day, no matter how many rejections, failed, closed deals you had. You got, you got to, you got to go for it every day, and that takes a really special person. Well, I mean, we're talking about special people, and that's why we have you on the podcast now. You've written seven books. People get excited about writing one book. You've walked, jogged, I mean, rode a bike, multiple miles. Um, I was I was looking through the resume and kind of seeing how many miles that you've put on your body. And I was like, oh my gosh, I get excited if I run five miles. So walk us through where'd you come up from? What got you into this mindset of kind of doing more? Well, I, I really grew up with, uh, I, I, I suppose, limited privilege. I, I never had a lot of opportunities opened up to me. I was as ordinary as ordinary gets. But I always had this desire to, to, to do my best to live an extraordinary life. Ordinary can become extraordinary depending on our, depending on our dreams and our goals and our action. And I think I've done a pretty good job at never never giving up, of always continuing to keep on going for what I want. Yeah, I've written seven books. They've sold about 80,000 copies. I've visited 50 countries. I've walked across seven countries. My longest was 750 miles around Shikoku, Japan. I've pedaled a bicycle across the United States, ocean to ocean solo, twice, over 4,000 miles, and I'm a non-bicyclist. I created a day in America called Extra Mile Day, where over 5,000 volunteers now since 2009 have been recognized for their extra mile effort in helping you and I have a more quality life in the cities that we live. Dreams are possible for all of us if we just don't listen to all the whispers in our head that say that you can't do things. And I basically live my life like that. So where does that, that mindset come from? You said you're an ordinary person. So let's say you're back in school. You said you grew up in Reno, Nevada. What kind of grades were you getting? What kind of person were you? Well, you know, I, I I always took pride in my own achievement. I always I was an A student. I mean, I'm not going to deny that, but it was an A student because I worked hard and and I wanted that. I liked the feeling of doing well. And perhaps when you're younger, you do well because you please your teacher, you please your parents. But I I started to I started to really recognize that the the person that I wanted to please myself that mattered the most was just me. And I think oftentimes as people try to chase their goals and their dreams in life, if they, they're, they're trying to please other people. And, and the sooner that you get to the, the reality that this is your life, Vinny, this is your one life. What do you want to do with your life? 
then you become more passionate about your dreams when you take ownership over them. And I think that's was that's how I was. I I I liked excelling. I liked doing well. I I liked I liked being as good as I can be and seeing how good I could be. So when did that moment come through? Where did that moment come from when you didn't want to please other people or stop pleasing other people to pleasing yourself? You know, I guess life is life is a uh, is is we're always transforming and we're always different. And the the person that I'm talking to today and you and the person that you're talking to today and me, I mean, we're not going to be the same person one year. So it's always transforming. And I think to answer your questions, I I, th I think even even the passion to please myself is starting to evolve a little bit differently. My my passion to please myself, and and when I say that, I I mean the passion to be my best self is a better way to say it. The passion to be my best self it's transforming now because I've recognized that when I become my best self, it allows me the opportunity to have the influence to help other people become their best selves. So again, that's all transforming. Maybe initially I recognize, wow, it feels good to get an A. I feel good about me. Now perhaps it's changed to, I like getting A's. Perhaps I can teach other people how to get A's too. You with me? Yeah, no, I, I understand where you're coming from. And they're from the people I've had on the podcast and the people I've talked to, there's always an underlining um, reason for that. Be it maybe grew up in a bad situation, where it doesn't seem like you grew up in a bad situation. It seemed like you grew up in a good situation, um, or there's there was a um, issue that happened to one of their family members, parents, whatever it might be. So, was there something like that that you came across where you started feeling I need to give back to other people, help other people? A couple things there. One, I I I developed a personal fortitude at a very young age, and and developed a strong independence on taking care of myself and, and being my own guy and, 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 and creating success only because of the reason that I grew up in a double alcoholic family. So that's number one. Number two, uh, it, 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 that fortitude, that personal endurance, that strength, that knowing that I can count on me, always count on me when I go through tough times is what's helped me through so many challenges in so many struggles in life, because oftentimes when we're sitting there flailing, we look for someone to bail us out. And maybe we look to the government to create a program and bail us out. Maybe we look to our boss to create, you know, a new revenue stream to make sure I have a job. Maybe we look to our spouse, our partner to say, you know, hey, what are you going to do to make our relationship better? I'm not that guy. I'm the person that if I want to make things better, I put my hand on my heart and say, let's go, bud. Let's go. Let's do this. It's you. And, and, and when you have that trust, if when you have that faith in yourself, that faith in yourself that you can overcome challenges, man, you can hang, hang in there and complete goals that other people bailed out on a long time ago. So, so I, I, I hate making assumptions. And I would assume you said basically that both parents, alcoholics. So it doesn't sound like they were there for you at a young age correct? Yeah, that would definitely, that would definitely be a true statement. So this idea that no one's there for you, that you have to basically kind of pull yourself up and kind of fight through it was kind of built through that mindset that you really didn't have anyone else, right? Well, you, you know, you, you always have people you can find in a moment. That's another thing too. I've, I've, I've come to know that in a moment, 
people can help you. I was walking across the country of Spain. It was my very first walk, my long distance walk. It was 550 miles. And I thought I was a superhero cranking it over the Pyrenees Mountains and I was making excellent time. And it was about day four or five that the blisters on my feet became so intense and so severe that I came limping into a small town. My feet were bleeding. I'd lost a toenail already. And there was a woman at a small store and she started pointing at me and she was she 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 started screaming at me in Spanish. And and it's it was a blessing that I don't speak Spanish because I'm pretty sure by the tone of her voice that what she was sharing wasn't real good. She came over to me and she was still talking to me loud in Spanish and she was pointing at my feet and she pointed to the curb and I knew that she wanted me to sit down. She put up her finger. She said, hold on. She indicating to hold on a wait. So I wait, waited. She ran back in the store. She came back with a bag. She undid my shoes and there were my feet. The blisters were bad. The toenails were missing and she was just rattling on in her Spanish. But what she did was she washed my feet off. She took... She took a feminine women's protection pad and wrapped it around my blistered feet, wrapped my feet up, put my shoes on so I could walk. So when you're questioning you about learning to rely on yourself, I've also learned that when I do need someone to come through for me in life, you know, that person is going to surprising is going to be a surprise and a shock who will be there like this woman in a strange Spanish town that didn't know me that saved my feet and allowed me to walk the rest of the 500 miles. Do you remember the the first time cuz sometimes people are afraid to to ask for help and I see that from a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of business owners that being okay with asking for help is something that separates a lot of these people. I mean, when did you know that it was okay for you to um, actually ask for help? Was it at a very young age, like both one of your teachers or someone else? You know, I'm still not very good at asking that question at all, Vinny. Honestly, I'm not. And in that particular case, I didn't ask for the help and she just came and I was, it was a blessing that she came and offered her help. And I was, I, I, I didn't let my ego get so big that I, that I pushed her away and I allowed the help. But I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at raising my hand and saying, help, help. You know, it's, it's, it's because, because if you start to fall into that habit of always looking for someone to bail you out, man, you could be sitting on that curb for a long, long time. Sometimes life shows its miraculous face and making someone appear out of nowhere that will, will help you. Maybe you have a really awesome, steady friend that will help you, but man, if you want to be successful in life, you've got to learn to count on you. Now, we've talked about before we got, got on the mic about how you were able to accumulate, uh, I mean, a million dollars and, and more. I mean, where did you grow that business and kind of where did it come from? What did you, what did you do to accomplish that? Well, I've always been an entrepreneur. I really don't even know what it is to have someone else sign my own check. Uh, my first, my very first business was selling worms to fishermen. Wow. I was, I was age ten, and I would flood the backyard with water, and those big giant nightcrawler dudes would float to the surface, and I'd go and pick them up, and I'd put them in a big, big barrels with peat moss and dirt and mud. And back then, the way you advertised wasn't on social media. You advertised in something called the Reno Evening, the Reno Nevada Evening Gazette. And I'd run ads in there and I'd sit out in my front yard at six o'clock in the morning on Saturdays and Sundays. And the fishermen would come by and they'd buy worms. They'd buy worms for me. 
You know, every dozen they bought, I'd give them 13. That baker's dozen, they kept coming, coming. And the reason that I started selling worms is because I had a real passion and love for baseball cards. And I learned that the more worms that I could sell, the more baseball cards I could buy. And when I learned to be able to create what I wanted, in this case, baseball cards, by by being creative and and thinking about how I can make those baseball cards, that continue to build throughout my lifetime. I have had many businesses ideas that have not done well i've had a couple that have done well and and it's it's but it, but i've always been my own person so how did you know or how did you come to realize about putting an ad in the paper finding the night crawlers but i think more so putting the ad in the paper at 10 years old was at least someone giving you guidance on how to do that or word of mouth or how did you pick that up you know, I'd be speculating so far back trying to remember and giving you an honest answer. But I, you know, I, I, I was a reader. I've been a reader forever. I, I used to, in the olden days, in the summers, man, I'd go to the Washoe County Library and I would be hauling out, you know, 15 books under my arm and you could take them all. It's much, much different today. But, I, you know, I believe that the, that the way that we change ourselves, the way that we learn, the way that we grow, the way that we transform is continually to read. Reading still is my number one favorite thing to do. So I, I, I I would, I've got to believe that I was reading books on everything that I could, that possibly interested me. And if you're going to sell worms, you might as well learn how to sell as many worms as you can. And so it didn't, it wasn't rocket science that you had to find a way to reach the fishermen. And, and Hey, and if you looked in the ad and, and I always read the papers too, because the papers, man, I had to memorize the sports stats. I had to memorize what my Oakland A's were doing that week, you know? And so then you start to look in the classified section, other things you would say, you would find under the classifieds that people were advertising stuff and it didn't cost very much. And so I did it. And that's what happened. Now you talked about businesses that have succeeded and businesses that have failed. Can you look, if, is there a, a common thread to why your company succeeded and why they failed? Is there anything you can kind of um, point at? Yeah, I surrounded myself with people that were much, much, much smarter and much, much more capable than me. Uh, the, my failures came when I tried to wear all the hats. My successes came when I decided that the best, the best hat that I could wear was is 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 was one that that admired everybody else's hats. I mean, so yeah, I've been really blessed. My success has come because I've been able to find people who passionately uh, shared my vision and passionately believed in me and 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 together we were able to build something far far bigger than me uh, if we have if you have huge dreams you you really can't build those huge dreams on your own now even though i talk about having faith and confidence and belief in yourself because you're the one that the consistent that's always there but when you have a dream that's so on fire you will attract other people Many many years ago, there was a preacher in England, and they and, and people they were amazed at how many people would come and listen to him. And, he, and one day he was asked, "Why do the people come and listen to you so much?" He would speak outside. He said, "When you set yourself on fire, people will come." And so, you know, if you if you have a passionate dream, you can attract passionate people around you. And the more passionate people that you attract around you, man, the greater the greater chance that whatever your dream was is going to grow much, much bigger than you. Hmm. Let me take just one step back. For example, extra mile day. 
in 2009, I decided to create a day in this country that recognized the superstar volunteer heroes. I was elated that first year that 23 mayors decided to recognize the day and recognize their local heroes. But then I started surrounding myself with great people on my team. 23 in 2009 turned to 507 in 2020. That's what happens when you take your passion and add other people's passion to it. What do you think, I mean, or going back to the times that you have failed, what's your process of kind of restarting and building a new business or getting yourself back on your feet? You, you have to close up shop and onto the next one. What's your, what's your process like? It's always survival. I think, I think an entrepreneur has to, and maybe the same as a realtor, uh, we have to know how to survive. You know, there comes a certain point that, you know, just because this business failed doesn't mean that your mortgage is going away and it doesn't it doesn't mean that food automatically shows up in the fridge man you got it you got to keep going you you've got you've got two choices at a time you either you have three choices you can either quit and just fall down and start crying you can decide to go work for somebody else for x number of dollars every hour knowing that every hour of the day that's your ceiling or you can decide to to build on one of these other ideas that have been ruminating in your heart those are your choices. You can quit, you can go work for someone else, or you can build again. I always just landed on build again. Was there, I mean, because I, I know when people, I mean, when some people, they're down in the dumps, they have to find ways to get themselves back going, uh, reminding them how great they are by, I mean, for example, for a realtor, you mean, look at the success you had, the closes you've had, and you go, okay, you know what? I might have lost this deal, but I'm going to work through it because I did it in the past. I've done it like this. I'm going to keep pushing through. Would you ever have those doubts in your head? I mean, it sounds like you're pretty confident. You're pretty straightforward in, in who you are and what you accomplish. Would you ever have any doubts in your head? Of course, I have those doubts every single day. Every single person, every single person would. But the, I think the the one thing that I've really learned is self accountability. I believe that accountability is one of the most powerful words that any successful person should own. Accountability, and when you start doing self accountability then your life changes. So what do I mean by self-accountability? It means that every single morning when I wake up, I just don't let random thoughts come into my head about what do I have to do today? What do I have to overcome? Oh my God, I have to do that. I start. I don't let the negative things start draining me, but I try to my best to start focusing on positive immediately. I will ask myself three morning questions. Number one, what am I excited about doing today? Because if I can find something that I'm excited about and I answer that question early, all of a sudden I put a new passion and enthusiasm in my heart. Number two, what am I grateful for today? So let's just take a moment and just say, wow, you know, all the things going on in your life that aren't good, but what is good, man? What do you love? What do you feel good about? Number one, what am I excited about? Number two, what am I grateful for? Number three, who can I serve today? Who can I serve? Who can I empower, inspire, encourage, motivate? Who can I help? Because when we take the attention off of ourselves, when we take the all the, the, the stress that we're carrying and we just say, man, there's other people out there with so much more and we start focusing on them. Man, that's where I'd, I found my life start to change is the more that I reached out to tar start to inspire other people, the more I became inspired. So those are three morning questions of my own self-accountability uh, self process. Number one, what am I excited about? Number two, what am I grateful for? Number three, who can I serve? Now, do you recall when you started getting that, that uh, I guess, mantra or 
morning statement, morning thought? Was that when you're back in high school? Was that later in life or how, how long did it take you to kind of understand that? You know, I think I was really started becoming a self-help junkie after I graduated from Berkeley College because, man, it was so hard finding finding my way to survive and make money and create. And and I started reading every self-help book I could possibly find of every great person and reading their bio and every just everything. I started flooding my brain with thoughts that could transform me, and it did. It started to transform how I saw things, how I saw processes, how I saw cause and effect, how I saw attitude, how I saw spirit as a, how I saw goals, how I saw action. So when I started to learn from as many other people as I could through the books that I read, that's when it really started to click for me. And I, I and in realizing that way back then, I'd never stopped that process because when you find something that works for you, man, you don't quit you don't get off that horse. You keep riding that horse because that's the horse that takes you to where you want to go. Hmm. If let's say you're talking to someone that's, I mean, a high school kid, someone that's not sure of who they are. I mean, do you have any kind of advice for them to, to figure out who they are, who they want to be and where they want to go? I, you know, I, I do. I believe that when we are in our most quiet, silent times and we are in our own thoughts, I believe there's something that I refer to as the whispers. The whispers are those thoughts, those those times when we get excited about seeing something or something really strikes our passion. And I think that you need to listen to those whispers because that's pointing the direction of your purpose. Because what we're passionate about that's what we should that's how we should live life and if we if we don't listen to the whispers and we do and we do things that that we that we aren't passionate about we're going to live dull lives number 2 i've always believed in this concept of going the extra mile i mean so much of my stuff now is based on going the extra mile if i had to build myself about being one you know, what one phrase marks my life the most, it's going the extra mile because nothing has radically changed my life more than this, this going the extra mile theme. It doesn't matter if it's your relationships, if it's your health, if it's the dreams that you have, the careers, your money, whatever, you got to do a little bit more, add more value, add more energy, make the extra call, do the extra five push-ups, because we don't become stronger by doing the same. Now, I know we've talked about your driving force of helping others and being better, right? For a lot of people, I mean, it, it, I don't know if it comes that easy to do that extra thing. You, you have to kind of focus on a big why, focus on something bigger than you. How does, how does one find their passion? How does someone find that big why, that big reason to push the next level? That makes sense? Yeah. I, I always start with this one question. What do you love? What do you love? What do you love to do? Because when we start with what do we love to do, then we can find a, you know, we find every possible thing about that to do more of that. Because if we're doing what we love to do in life, we will love our life more. Make sense? Yeah. So, so, you know, that's the big question. Just it's a simple question. It's not, you know, I, I believe that successful living is not, it's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's really simple. Find what you love, 
do what you love and you'll end up loving your life. Hmm. Well, now if, if let's say we're talking in three years from now, what's Sean Anderson going to be about? If we're looking him up, if we're talking to you, who's Sean Anderson going to be in three years from now? Well, in three years from now, I'll be 60. And if we came back and we reconvene our next call, I probably would have walked across three more countries. There's a good chance I might have Oprah on speed dial. <laughs> and, uh, and I probably would have cranked out two or three more books. I would have created speaking tours in at least one or two other countries. And you know what? I'm going to, you're going to greet me and I'm going to smile big and I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to say, hey, how's life going? That's who I'll be. Well, I mean, I appreciate you giving some time to, um, to provide your knowledge, your positive attitude. I mean, lessons you learn to all our podcast listeners out there. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is, is find that passion, find that love, find, find what's going to allow you to take that extra mile and allow you to, to, to make that perfect life for yourself. You know, one of the biggest self-realizations I think anybody could have is that life is, life is short. And why would any of us want to live a life, a short life, doing things that we don't want to do, being with people that we don't want to be with? And I think the sooner that we realize that we have the power to change all of that, the quicker we're going to be able to get on a path that we say, we can say, I really love my life. Well, thank you again, Sean, uh, and listening. Uh, thank you for coming on to the Road to the Growth podcast. Please subscribe, please share, and tell your friends. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.